Welcome to Bound by Books. I'm sci-fi romance author Tina Moss, and I'm joined today by Marianne Morea. I write romantic, uh, paranormal romantic suspense and paranormal romance and all things that go bump in the night. <laughs> That's such a great slogan. And how is your week going, Marianne? Um, it's going pretty good. Pretty good. You know, trying to get words in and dealing with branding um, issues with my for my name um, and also for um, rebranding and recovering the whole Curse by Blood series. So we're working mm-hmm. on going back and forth with the artist on getting the first book done so that it can set the tone for everything. So that's always the hardest going back and forth. And I feel like, you know, that I could hear the grumbling on the other end of the phone, <laughs> you know, the email going on, this chick, this chick, you know, but no, no. Yeah, exactly. You got to get that first one right, especially for the rest of the series. Um, I, I am procrastinating for sure. I have two books that are, I mean, pretty much due and, and I am just in complete procrastination mode. But that kind of fits in with what we're talking about today, which is yes. writing faster. <laughs> so. I, we were, you know, we were chitting, chit-chatting before and, you know, I think you and I write the fastest and Mm -hmm. we were saying that Danielle is catching up because she's queen of organization and she's got all her ducks in a row where she needs to be. Um, Sherry, not so much because she's busy with her day job and Mm -hmm. she just likes to, she's very much a pantser and I have gone to the dark side of (laughs) organizing. So Danielle will be very, very happy. Um, But I think um, like we were saying before, that old meme about, writing being 90% pr- procrastination, 1% <laughs> inspiration and 9% panic is, yep. is, is, is you know, with perspiration is, is very true because we've coined the phrase and go ahead, drum roll, <laughs> say it. The hostage deadline. The hostage <laughs> deadline. Yes. Yep. The hostage deadline. That is very, very true for me. And I think it is for you too. Oh yeah. And I, it's, it's ironic because when I was writing at a much slower pace, I was very, more methodical about it like I have to write this many words a day I have to write this many words a month and even at that slower pace I was so focused on like perfection and making sure that everything was like as clean as it possibly could be that it stunted my writing in a lot of ways the hostage deadline forces me to kind of break out of that mold because I have to get it done by X, Y, Z date. So therefore I can't allow myself to nitpick at these things that I would just nitpick at forever. I've, I've told the story on the podcast before. My first book was 17 drafts. My second book was 13 drafts. And now I, I like one draft, edit, good to go out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically how I do things. I mean, what I've been doing now is I did do drafts for the book that I, uh, that um, is being sent through City Owl to the webtoons. And mm-hmm. um, I did, I think about probably nine drafts of that because I just saved it. I saved it and then I changed, you know, saved it. And then the next day opened it up, changed the title and, you know, the, well, you know, draft one, draft two, right, three, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. So that I could pick up sort of, God forbid, something happens to the book. I at least <laughs> didn't have to go back from to, to the starting, starting gate again. That's smart. Um, but, it, you know, I found little things to help me with hostage deadline. And for, you know, for those of you trying to figure out hostage deadline, oh, my God, that sounds painful. Um, <laughs> it really is just basically something that happened because when you have a deadline, whether it's a pre-order that you put up, you know, 
and the date mm-hmm. is uh, something arbitrary in the future. You think, oh, I'll have three months to get this done. Let me put it up for, for pre-order and I'll start my, my, my promo. I have my blurb and I have my cover. I can right. just start this and get it done. And then four weeks before you're supposed to upload the, the, the final pre-order, you're like, oh my God, I only have a third of this book done. And that's <laughs> when the hostage part kicks in. Right. There's, it's a hard yeah. deadline that you can't basically yes. you cannot move. It must be met or, you know, or else basically. Yes. Um, else. But before we dig too deep into our own personal processes, I just want to say there is no one way to write faster. If somebody tells you like, oh, I have the secret sauce. I, I know the way in which you can do this and write faster. Um, that is not the case. There are many courses out there that will teach you different methods. Many books we will talk about our own personal ways. But in my opinion, Learning to write faster is truly about learning what works for you. Um, And I think you can try to adapt some of the things that we're going to talk about today to see if they work for you. But really finding your own method and your own ways is going to be the key to getting more words on the page. So with with that said, Marianne, how do you write faster? Well, I am a big fan of notebooks. Mm. And what I will do is I will ask myself questions at the very beginning of a story. You know what I mean? I will, um, who is the story about? What's the main problem? Who's the main character? You know, they're not, I'm, I'm just throwing them out. They're not in any kind of order or whatever. Sure. What's the biggest conflict? And then I will start sketching out my ideas for chapter one, my ideas for chapter two, my ideas for chapter three. And from those ideas, they will get fleshed out. Now, when I actually sit down at the computer, you know, my laptop to start writing, those, those fleshed out ideas, do they always stay? No, because you know, when you're in the groove and you're actually writing, your muse is talking to you, the characters are talking to you, things can go, you know, take a hard left somewhere. And then you're like, okay, what do I do now? But I have found that when, if I have something concrete in a notebook in front of me, it's almost like keywords that, mm-hmm. that, that will, that will spurn and, you know, give birth to an idea or it'll, it'll prompt a memory of something that I had, you know, when I, I keep these notebooks everywhere. I've got them in my pocketbook. I've got them upstairs on my, on my night table. You know, it's like whenever something is important, I write it down because I am of the age, (laughs) you know, that, that ideas are very ethereal and they just kind of flutter away from time to time if I don't (laughs) write them down. So that's the other, that's one thing I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have, just have started using pacemaker mm-hmm. i don't know if you know that. i pacemaker. do they have a free version and they have a paid version but free version allows you to work on two books at a time and if you know tina and i <laughs> we do that from time yes. to time we work on two books at a, at a time and it helps you keep straight you put in the the, the word count that you need to hit whether mm-hmm. it's give or take and it will tell you you put in your deadline and it will tell you how many words a day you have to hit Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you hit it, it, you know, throws confetti for you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, but it's actually a visual yeah. aid that'll give you whether or not, and if you have a bad day and you can't get the words in or life throws you a curveball, it will recalculate for you. So, which is nice, you know, it'll, it keeps so, you yeah. on, on track. Basically, it has that tracking track. tool and it also has almost that gamification of it in like, Ooh, if I hit my workout, I'm going to see confetti. You know, it's kind of like that, that quick serotonin boost. <laughs> yes. So, so those yeah. are, those are my kind of my, my first 
go-to tools. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're in the meat of the story, there are other things that I do. And I guess we'll talk about it first, but let's right. turn the question on you. And what do you do sure. when you're first starting a book? I am very much a thinker when it comes to the initial stage, like before you're ever putting any words on the page. I really, when I finish a book, I have to kind of like put it aside before I start the next one and just start to like think about it, let ideas percolate from like, who are the characters in the next book? Usually I know, especially if I'm writing in series, who the characters are going to be, but kind of really letting go of the last story and getting into the headspace of the new story. So I'll, I'll allow myself to daydream before I go to bed at night, I'll be thinking about the characters so that even in my subconscious, if I go to sleep then maybe I'll have a dream about it and just like really sit with it for a while. I don't go from one book to another very quickly. I need a, a substantial time in between, which can be like as quick as a week or as much as a couple months. Like right now I took a, a much larger break, um, for various reasons uh, with the company, but now I have two books coming up and I really have been immersing myself in that and just letting my my mind kind of play. I think it's, for me, it's very important to do that. And then once, yeah, you just like, you need the you space. Need a cleanser. Yeah, exactly, you need a palate cleanser. That's a good way to put it. And then once I'm ready to get down to business, it's for me, it's more about, okay, I've let all this time pass. I've let the ideas percolate. Let's put everything on the page. And I'll very quickly start to flesh out my characters, my um, plot points, my conflicts, and then get into the outline. Now, I've mentioned before, but I only outline six chapters ahead at a time. I don't like to do a full outline because I like the story to to breathe and move. So I, I I'll, I know where the ending is, but I won't actually outline the whole thing. So six chapters, outline, then get into the nitty-gritty of writing then outline the next six and keep going like that. Danielle had mentioned to me once that, um, you know, when I was kind of, you know, picking her brains about the the last book that I read that she's like, okay, I read that I wrote. She was just like, well, is it act one? Is this what happens in act two? It happens in act mm-hmm. three. And that's because Danielle has a theater background. So right. that's way her, that's the way her brain works. She works in terms of, you know, the three act acts. story structure. Yeah. That's common yes. for a lot of, and it's oh. also commonly taught in, in writing programs. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, a, and an act can be as many as, you know, depending on how book, how long your book is, it can be anywhere from five to 10 chapters, you know, sure. if not more depending. Yeah. And, you know, it's usually, you know, when there's that aha moment mm-hmm. is when, you, when you're, it's when it's act two, that type of mm-hmm. thing. So for me, I kind of do the same thing. Like my notebooks are exactly what you were talking about when you said you were fleshing out. I have to get all my ducks in a row that way first. You know, mm-hmm. will the ducks move forward or will they move sideways? Who the hell knows? You know what I mean? That's that's where the fluidity in a story and giving it that space because I don't outline that far in advance either. I do, I do maybe four to six chapters as well ahead because by the time I get to chapter four, if things have changed, you know, then then chapters five. Um, you know, five and four, five and six, or five and six don't matter anymore. I'm right. going to throw them out. I'm not going to throw them out. I'll never throw out anything that I've done because you never know when you may use it again or you use portions of it again. Yeah. Um, so when I'm in the meat of the story, the way that I keep things going so that I don't get into um, they call a the soggy room. middle. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the messy middle. The messy middle. The way I get sucked into it. And I also have a problem with getting in a locked loop when it comes to minutiae. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I will, I will mm-hmm. rework the same 
yes. 200 words, the same 300 words, like over and over. And before I know it, I've, I haven't written more than maybe an extra 50 words and mm-hmm. three days have gone by. And, you know, so in order to stop myself from doing that, I have started listening to my stories. You know, mm. I sit That's on my tip. hands, you know, hands up away from the keyboard, <laughs> sit on them. So you can't use them so that I can't like, Ooh, I got to change that. Ooh, got to change that. Right. No. Right. I will plug into the read aloud function and, and word. I will let it read back to me, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll put it in a cadence that is, that sounds a little bit more like, like the, the reading speed that I want this to go. And I will let it, I will let it just kind of wash over me so that I know whether or not the pacing is correct, whether sentences are clunky, what needs to be changed. Ooh, that's good. You know, that mm-hmm. type of, you know, whatever it is. And then from there I move on. And I found that it cuts down on my, my getting locked into that loop. It really does where I lose days and right. I make sure that, you know, so it keeps not only, it only helps me check the pace of the story. It helps me check myself and yes. then I keep the pace of the writing. That's, so. that's a great tip. I, um, I had that problem as well when I was writing slower, where part of my issue was I would constantly rework and rework and rework and rework to the point where I wasn't getting new words on the page, which is why I had a slower pace, which is why I think the the hostage deadline helps too, because in the back of your mind, you have that date, you know that you can't keep constantly reading over and reworking your story, or you're not going to hit your mark. And that's just not acceptable to either of us when we're on hostage deadline. So that. I think that motivation of the deadline helps push me out of that mindset because otherwise, yes, I could very easily rework to death, rework forever. I also found that going from a genre where I was writing longer, just like anywhere from 80,000 to 100,000 words to a genre where I'm consistently trying to stay under 50K or right at the 50K mark has changed my mindset about writing as well. Because before where I was like, okay, I'm going to dig into this subplot. I'm going to have, you know, these characters. It's now like the main bulk of the story is the the main storyline where I can't go into these deep dives of subplots because there's only 50,000 words to do it. I could do that in another book, but I can't really I can't really have all of these different grounds. So that's changed my mindset as well. Now, yeah, I know you I write longer. So how how do you keep like from going down a rabbit hole? Well, I mean, I had for a long time, I, like you, went from writing these long novels into writing these shorter, faster, funnier, sexier books, because Mm -hmm. that kind of was what certain readership wanted. And I found that in doing so, um, I kind of lost my ability to navigate that mucky middle, Mm -hmm. to actually expand on the story, because I was so used to having everything happen and at a quicker quick, quick. pace right. in the, you know, in the, in the story itself, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't want to lose that because I went back and I read some of my longer books and I thought to myself, Oh my God, these are, the plot line is so rich. And so, <laughs> you know, so, you know, you know, it deeply and deep and entrenched with twists and so forth. And I was just like, I can't do that anymore. I'm old, but you know, it's just like, now, now I have to, and you know, it's funny because through through City Owl, I was able to, I had to, I had to write a longer book. I had mm-hmm. to the the, the face the, the required had for to it. be yeah 
you know, had to, the requirement was a minimum of 70 and right. you know, 70K, you know, so that's a 20,000 words doesn't seem like a, a hop, much more than a hop, skip and a judge, but it is, it could be it five is. chapters, yep, you know, for it, sure. you know at, at the very minimum. Um, and my work ended up being about 90, 91,000 words because I ended mm-hmm. up cutting, you know, cutting an entire scene because it was just, it was just fluff. Loved the scene. We'll use it again somewhere, but it was, it didn't move the story forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got rid of it. Um, but, you know, coming out at 91,000 words, it was like, oh my God, it was like, yeah, I had to, I had to really dig deep to get back to flex that those core. muscles. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they, they, there was a pain, you said you took a couple of months. I took a month yeah. off. I had, you know, just getting back into writing now. It's like, yeah, had to cleanse the palate a couple of times. Absolutely. <laughs> and what you just said, uh, just gave me a great idea for a tip is that idea of moving the story forward. Right. So one of the ways to write faster is to really think about, okay, is what I'm about to write going to move the story forward? If it's not, does it need to be included? Because a lot of times we as writers are a little self-indulgent in that we, you know, we come across an idea and we want to include it and we get excited about it and we start writing it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait, this has nothing to do with the story or this is not moving, you know, the the plot forward or the character development and ends up having to go on the ground floor. So if you can step back and look at that from an outside perspective and just think, okay, is this moving the story forward? If the answer is no, this is not the time to write it if you're trying to write fast. Right. Right. And like I said, never, ever, ever just put your, put something, just don't ever just select it and then just hit backspace or delete and then get rid of your, get rid yeah, of Yeah, no, words. take it never and put that. it somewhere else or take the put idea it, down and put it somewhere else. But if you're trying right. to write fast, you're not indulgent in that, like, you know, whatever, you, whatever mind, whatever idea came to mind or whatever, you know, rabbit hole came to mind. We're not diving down the rabbit holes when we're writing fast. We're putting them aside for another day. The other thing I think is if you're going, if you, if you have to write something that's quickly or you want to is um, if you're going to aim for doing a shorter story, like, a, like something that is 50 K or less. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it probably would be best to get into the mindset of making sure that you're seeing that your characters have a history that they don't mm-hmm. just meet for the first time. You know what I mean? That they have, you know, they may meet for the first time and then find out they have people in common, which mm-hmm. will give you that that link, you know, because once that's done, you know, or have it be in a world that you're familiar with in terms mm-hmm. of being able to write so you don't have to create a world from scratch, you know, because yeah. uh, world building takes a long time. And oh, if yeah. you don't do it correctly, you know, you're going to forget stuff. I mean, we just handled... Uh, a different podcast about having a, you know, having the, uh, a, a character Bible. So that mm-hmm. you don't forget your, 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 your characters, uh, not only physical traits, but their personality traits and so forth. Um, it's the same thing for worlds. You have to make yeah. sure that you understand what your worlds are, what the rules of your world are. Right. You know? And uh, so if you have already, if you already have one that's already existing, mm-hmm. that's something that can help you write faster too. Absolutely. And that's such great advice because when I switched genres from paranormal romance, which I'm actually writing a paranormal romance book now for for younger also, but that's besides the point. When I switched mainly to writing sci-fi romance, I thought, oh, well, you know, this is is not as big of a leap. These are kind of like tangent genres is what I would call them. But wow, was I unprepared for the amount of world building. And again, my books are shorter in sci-fi romance. So I end up sprinkling details of the world 
But I had to know all those details before, again, before I ever put word on the page. So my world building process probably took as long, if not longer than actually writing any of the books. Because when you're in sci-fi romance, you have to know not just, you know, one world. Essentially, you have to know the entire universe. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, and try making more rules for the entire universe and see how you do. <laughs> but these are all things that once they're done and dusted, you can keep that world. And then from there, it's almost like you're, it's your core. And then from there, think of it like a, the hub of, of, a, of, a, of a wheel, you know, and mm-hmm. you have all these spokes that can come off of that world. You know, it's yeah. once you've done, you put in the work, you can, it can take you anywhere. Oh, this universe is anyway. staying forever. If if any of my readers are listening, be prepared because spinoffs here, spinoffs there, but the rules of the universe are staying the same. I am not reinventing <laughs> the universe. Thank you very much. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but so, yeah, I having mean, all that backstory and, and all that world building done beforehand, again, is going to be super helpful for when you're trying to like have the speed right. when writing. Now, a question for you, Marion. Have you ever tried dictation? I have a friend of mine, an author friend of mine who used Dragon for a mm-hmm. while. Um, yep. And he, he, it takes a long time for, for you to train the program to understand your um, your cadence and your your accent and, you know, and so forth. And you train it. And then once it's trained, you can do it. But um, the only, the, the closest thing that I ever got to that was uh, speaking into my phone. You know, mm-hmm. as I'm going for a walk, you know, and you can hear me breathing heavy as I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to, to sit. Uh, but it's only when I'm really in the flow. If I'm mm-hmm. in the flow and somebody hasn't broken that flow, I will just grab my phone while the characters are still talking to me and so forth. And I'll just hit the record button and I will walk and I will talk at the same time. And then mm-hmm. I will sit on my bed and I will transcribe everything, you know, and at one point, I think I walked for a half an hour and I recorded for a half an hour and just that 30 minutes of, of just dialogue because I didn't fill in any of the, you know, it wasn't like, well, the light was an amber yellow. And, you know, I, didn't, I didn't go into <laughs> right. that. I went, it was just the, the, the meat and potatoes of the story, the dialogue. That 30 minutes of dialogue between characters ended up giving birth to two chapters. So, wow. I mean, and if the chapters are 2,500 words to 3,000 words a piece, then it shows you 6,000 words for a half hour worth of really concentrated thinking and, and, and just verbal diarrhea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, because there are some authors who absolutely swear by it and can get more words on the page. I've tried it a few times. I own a dragon program. Um, I just I need like the separation between what I'm thinking and the, the speed of typing to and to be able to like backspace and erase and go forward again there's something in that action of actually typing that i find comforting and and can go quickly with that i just can't get from dictation i've tried it several times but again if you're trying to write faster dictation is definitely a way to do it and there are a lot of authors who use it and love it so maybe something to test it, out for our authors it depends on how your characters speak to you you know what mm-hmm. I mean? for me it's almost like i need I need to be in that same zone that you were talking about for them, for me to channel them, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I, I, I sound like a new age creep, you know what I mean? But, you know, <laughs> but, you know I do, I, you know, it's like you get in the zone and you channel your But that's your creative process. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And the other thing that helps me is white noise, white noise in the back. I like white noise too. I do like some white noise. Whether, I, yeah. And I can't know, do music. So many people uh-uh. have playlists that they can do and they listen to music. Uh-uh. That is even 
even if it's um instrumental it's way too distracting for me i can't do it i can do some instrumental music mm -hmm. it depends if it if it matches the feel of what i'm writing i can do instrumental music but what works best for me is a plain old oscillating fan Mm. an oscillating fan in the room that you yeah do. it's just it, it, it kind of like all of a sudden you're in like this trance state where the words yep. just flow i actually have a noise machine that i use for bed uh that sounds kind of like an air conditioner like i love that sound um old-fashioned window air conditioner yeah exactly that's exactly what it sounds like so Sometimes, so I don't use that when I'm writing, although I do really enjoy that sound because now I associate that with going to sleep. <laughs> so it'll probably just like put me to sleep as I'm trying to write. Um, but I do, I do like that kind of like background noise. I, I can work in the messy middle of like things going on everywhere. If there's like traffic outside, I live, you know, I live in New York City. So if there's traffic outside and horns hawking and my husband has a TV on, I can totally just zone in it's when I'm like actively listening to something that I prefer it to be white noise I just can't do the music I just white noise I mean it depends on the kind of noise in the house you know mm -hmm. like uh, that that if it's just a normal hustle and bustle of the house and like the and people outside and so but noise doesn't bother me what you just said we painted a visual to me remember that movie my cousin Vinny where yeah, of course. He's like, I get me out of this stinking peace and quiet, and he goes to jail, and he gets a really good night's sleep the first night yeah. in jail. Yeah. It's so true that I was out in the country if I was like in upstate New York or something, and and it's so much quieter, and there's like cricket noise. Like the cricket noise will keep me up. I feel like that would be the same thing with writing. I would be too distracted by the quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The oscillating fan works for me. You know, we have, uh, you know, I have a Hornado, you know, one of those little mini ones that, that, that has like, you know, blow your teeth back, you know, that type of how strong it is. And I put oh, it on in the corner funny. of the room and just the sound of that fan, it's like automatically boom in the that's zone. That's great. So, yeah. So that's, you know, when you're thinking about like your writing space and your writing environment, I would say figure out like what feels good for you. Do you want to have like a certain drink, like a certain tea or coffee or water or whatever? Do you want to have certain sounds around you that help you? Anything that can help smells. you associate smells. Oh gosh, scents. So nice to have, you know, different scents that you associate. Anything you could associate with the creative process and kind of have like mm -hmm. a little ritual of, of doing can help get you in that mindset for, for writing and writing quickly. The other thing I could think of is that, um, set yourself a time when you're mm. supposed to write. I mean, we're writers. If you have a day job, you have to do your day job. And then you, you know, and you find time to write whenever you can find time to write. But if you're lucky enough, like Tina or I, to be able to be able to write, you know, uh, as part of our, our work, you know, mm -hmm. then you set yourself a time so that if you're, if you have your day job and you know that you can write from, you know, nine to midnight, every night without any interruptions then treat it like your job and that that's your time and go and get yourself in your space the way you would and sit down and actually that's your writing time and let the people around you know that you are not to be disturbed unless you know the house is on fire right you know, that type of a thing I mean that's the way I did it with my children when they were coming when they were growing up it's like are you bleeding no is that your smell <laughs> smoke? no is there a crazy person at the front door no that it can are you hungry you know there's food in the refrigerator there's food in the pantry don't bother me mama's on deadline you know that right. type of thing and everybody's like really you did that and I was like no yeah. you do you what know? you gotta do you're a writer and knowing what your rhythms are too right because right. some writers can get up hit the ground running at 5 a.m I will never be that writer 
I am a night owl. I have been my whole life. You know, I've if I've kidded before that my ideal work hours are when I'm abroad and I can work at night because <laughs> it's because everybody else over here it's it's normal time. It's normal, you know, working hour time. And if I'm overseas, I can I can be on a night schedule, and that has always been more beneficial for me. So for me, I know that my cr- most creative yeah. time is going to be like nine o'clock at night, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I went to a writer's retreat last year in Italy and, um, you know, we had writing time and brainstorming time carved out during the day. And then we had our little tours and our little classes and so forth, but we would all have dinner together with the 16 of us every night. And then there would be chit chat. And, you know, it's amazing how much creativity comes out of group setting sometimes when you can when you're with like-minded people mm-hmm. and I was on deadline that was a hostage deadline in the <laughs> middle of this writer's retreat and I would go back to my room at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I would write till two three o'clock in the morning every single night wow. and I, in in five days I wrote 21,000 words that's awesome you know? and it doesn't seem like a lot but when you throw in everything else I was doing it is a lot yeah I absolutely book I was able to finish the book so that's I hope awesome you know, I don't want to plan for hostage deadlines in the future. No, you know? I, we, never, we never plan for them and it always just seem to happen anyway. I think that's just, we have to accept that that is our life, Marianne. <laughs> I know, that is, our, that is our lot in life. I would you say know. to kind of wrap this up, the one thing that I'm going to keep repeating on is get out of your way and understand that your process is not going to be anybody else's process. It's going to look very different. So figuring out what works for you. So for example, for me, like I said, having seasons of writing where I'm I'm not writing every day. I am not an everyday writer. And when I'm in the writing zone, it is dedicated to that. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it beforehand. I'm using the world that I've already built. I'm doing my outline a little bit at a time. And then I'm then I'm going. Right. And then I'm I'm going and I don't have messy first drafts. A lot of people talk about just getting the words down on the page. I'm not that person. I like to edit as I go. I get my my editor literally reads behind me like a chapter at a time. And I like to move forward that way. Um, But a lot of a lot of courses out there that tell you to write fast will tell you don't do that just to just to get it all down. And if I did that, I would be back where I was before, where I kept reworking and reworking. So I learned that that's not my process and that's not going to work for me. I tried it, you know, mm-hmm. I tried doing that. Just get the words down. And, and you know what? I got the words down and they were crap. 5,000 or 8,000 <laughs> words. And then it took me three days to whip them into shape. Yeah, so see, what's easier, exactly. What's easier, wasting three days reworking 8,000 words or right. spending really quality time getting 5,000 words written that 5,000 words right. you can actually use. Now, the opposite, if you need to write 100,000 words to get 70,000 words or or 50,000, if you need to write more and you need to get that mess down on the page and that works for you and it helps you write faster, go for it. But that's but again, that is a part of being a writer is really figuring out what's going to work for you. So I, I hope our writing tips help. I hope that you try them out and and see if any of them, you know, work in your process. But if they don't totally discard them and and. Right work your work do what works for you <laughs> and what i mentioned before it's pacemaker.com like i said yes. there's a free there's a free version of it so if you want to try it out before you buy you know awesome you buy you go right ahead and do that and there are other programs too but that's the one that i'm familiar with yeah that's a fun one and we'll add that to the description link on youtube and if we can add it to the 
podcast links if you're listening on audio we'll try to do that too otherwise come check us out on youtube give us a like give us a comment tell a Tell us what you would like to hear from us. We are always willing to talk about what you would like to discuss. So we'd love to hear from you. All right. I think we did it, Marianne. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.